Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited for our guest today. We have the amazing JB Owen on the show, and she shares her story really seamlessly within our interviews. So I'm not going to go too far into her bio because it's so fun to hear the story from her. But this amazing woman is who helped me get the flow planner actually created and made in China. So I had so many just doubts that I could get this done. And she really helped me make it a seamless process. She was on the phone with them after I was asleep. It was just amazing. And she also is changing the world of feminine products and how women deal with their period. So you can hear all about that in the interview. It's super, super exciting what she is up to. And one thing that we didn't get to in the interview is that she is offering our listeners, a 15-minute strategy call. So if you want help possibly getting your idea to market or you have cues about anything that she shares on the show, and you guys, I started sharing some of what she shared and even coming secondhand, people are like, whoa. So this is definitely worth a listen. And you can go to lxyourlife.com And if you click on book online, that's how you grab your 15 minutes. Now that link will be in the show notes. So you can just go to plansimplemeals.com and find the show notes. We are in the middle of totally overhauling plansimplemeals.com. So know that it will be really easy to find content in hopefully about a week. I feel like we've been really close for a while now. But you can head on over there. If you have any trouble, come over to Instagram. That's the second best way to find out all this information. I will be sharing about JB. I will be posting stuff in stories and on our feed. And you will have access to that link from there too. You can always DM me if you... I don't want you wasting any time finding the link. Just DM me and I'll send it back to you. All right. That's enough on that. November 12th. That's coming up in a couple weeks. I am starting a 10-day jumpstart where we will spend 10 days tweaking food, infusing ourselves with fruits and veggies, eating a certain time during the, in the day, like certain hours in the day. We're going to stay hydrated. We're going to move our bodies. And it's really cool. So I always love doing, I partnering with a company to do this and I love doing it for 10 days. And we always start the 10 days on a Monday because that way you just have one weekend in the mix. And here's the cool thing about the 12th. The 12th, if you're in the US, is a holiday. Um, I think it's a holiday everywhere. My kids don't have school. It's actually my son's birthday. But you we don't you don't have school. So you have this, it's kind of like an extra weekend day to get started on. So normally we start on a Monday, but now you have this like extra day to get started. And then we start on a Monday and run it 10 days so that the week you only have one weekend and you don't have to worry about 
you know, gatherings, you don't have to stress as much of that. You only have to stress about it for two days. And I know that you can handle two days. And then the other cool thing is, is that the 10 days ends the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So you have like truly set yourself up for the holidays and you will be such a more mindful eater come Thanksgiving. If you have that holiday, which if you're in the U S you probably do, um, you'll be such a more mindful eater on that day, having gone through this process. So of course I realized this was coming up and I pressed record and I don't even know the URL to how one would sign up. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to send me an email. You're going to send me an email at Mia at plansimplemeals.com and I will respond to you. We will start a conversation. We will see if this is a good fit for you. Um, it's pretty much a good fit for most people. I do this probably... I wouldn't say I do it every month, but I do it almost every month. So let's call it 10 months a year. I spend 10 days really focused in this way. And it really makes a difference on just creating those habits that you want to stick and making you feel really good. And you just make choices differently when you feel really good. And then I have to admit, like, you know, day 25, my decisions might not be as good, but that's okay. It's all good. So without further ado, let's get the amazing JB on the show. Oh my gosh, JB. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so, so excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me. I'm so, so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. So I think, well, tell everyone a little bit about you and maybe from a lens of, I don't know, I feel like your past year, because one of the things that's really Amaz always been amazing since I met you, which I think was like three years ago now. Is that when that was? And, and I was across, literally, I felt like I was across the world because we were all the way on the West Coast of Canada. And I had taken three planes to get there. And my husband had gotten hit by a car as I was like going out there. I don't even know if you knew that part. And so I had stayed an extra day because I was, we were at this event and I knew I just needed a day to like let everything in, but then he got hit by a car and I was just panicked and I couldn't get home. And you had this event of, with, with Whitney Freya and we were painting and it just changed. It would like changed my experience because I literally couldn't have sat in a hotel room. But one of the things that struck me was how many different things you do. Like literally you, this, this woman, you guys does more things than anybody. But sometimes when people do so many things, you almost get the sense that they're scattered and you totally do, are not that way. Like you fit into all the many things you do. So tell us a little bit about who is JB and what you're up to and sort of how you got here. Well, thanks for that amazing reminder of how we met. That was a pretty special time. And, you know, it's interesting because that was a painting workshop that we did about just, you know, connecting with your inner self. So JB is, you know, um, a, like a cornucopia of different things, but really, you know, for as long as I can remember, I've just always been a creative and just wanted to be a visionary and just always saw life so differently than other people. And for the longest time, that was, you know, um, a shameful thing. And it was something I hid from people. And it was always something that made me feel really different and not included. And I just felt a little bit alien to the world because I always thought everything was possible. I always had big dreams. I always wanted to do something. And I, and then I would say like, why not? And everyone was always telling me how silly and foolish and crazy and ridiculous. And it, it, it scarred me and, and kept me behind in a lot of ways. I think if, if I know, if I would have known now what I knew when I was younger, like, boom, 
but it was a journey and it was a process. And so throughout learning who I was and what was mattered to me, I, I tripped and fell a lot and I started a lot of things and did a lot of things, but I will say my innate, uh, real strongest message that I always get is nothing is impossible and there's no such thing as no. And I say that all the time to my kids. There's no such thing as no. It's just means go a different direction or do a different thing. I love that. So now I, I do a lot of things. I call myself a megapreneur. So I have a lot of businesses. I love to start projects. I love to collaborate with people. I love to support people. I love to make products. I love to be creative. So I, I have a lot of things that go going on. Um, but really now it's very concise to be in the world of helping others, supporting others, encouraging others, and bringing great products to the planet that benefit. All right. So just like to illustrate this to everybody, I'm, I'm going to start asking you questions that are going to take you through all these things that you do. Because I think when I first met you, well, you were supporting Whitney and, and you created this amazing group of people that came together for that. You had made like, you were helping or supporting this woman and she had these... Um, she had necklaces and like wooden wands. Was that what it was? Yeah. Um, and at the time you had a nonprofit and you were helping, I can't even remember what it was, but I was like, oh my gosh, this woman does so much. And for everyone listening, JB is also the person who helped the flow planner come to life. Like without her, I would have never had any idea. She, she was the one who communicated with China and helped me ship everything. And I know that's not what you do in real life, but it was just amazing that that happened. Yeah, well, I do do that. I do that for lots of clients and I love it because I see these this vision from other people that have this amazing vision and somewhere along the line, someone said, you know, it can't be done or it's difficult or it's hard yeah. or you can't do that. And I just have a really great skill set because I've been working in Asia for the last 10 years of how to get things made and how to get things manufactured. And again, I don't ever see anything as impossible. So when someone comes to me with this, you know, doodle on a napkin or this drawing or this idea in their mind, my, my brain just goes into like, okay, how do we get that done? What do they need to do? What are the steps to make that happen? And working on the flow journal was fabulous and oh my very God, so rewarding. So and not over yet. Bring that to the world. <laughs> yeah, not over yet because I can't wait to change the covers and change the NCS. It's, I'm so excited. So, so right now, well, I'm actually, I'm going to get to the first thing you shared with me, the books. We're going to get to that in a second. Let's start with the, let's start with the feminine line. Cause that was really a cool thing that you started. That was like, that felt like a couple of years ago, right? So yes. tell us a little bit about that business. Sure. So about four years ago, I wanted to start a business that was really going to be pro planet and really everything about it was going to be humanity conscious. And so from, uh, I had kids clothing line for many years. I sold non-disposable diapers. And so I started thinking like, why can't we make this same product for feminine products? And through my own research, I found that feminine products are not uh, regulated by the FDA. So a lot of chemicals, astringents, toxins, bleaches go into feminine products and they really are poisoning us. They're causing infertility and causing cancer and causing all kinds of feminine issues that we don't really realize because some man gray haired in a lab coat said we should be putting cotton up our vaginas and wearing plastic against them for seven days out of the month. And so I can get on my soapbox about that, but it inspired me to create a washable feminine product that was made from a synthetic fiber that's kind of like the Nike of feminine products. It's all washable, throw it in the wash, it lasts three to five years. And I guarantee you, it makes you feel better because you're not being exposed to all those chemicals. So that has really inspired me to create Lotus Liners, which is this washable feminine product. And from that, 
I'm now going to branch out into feminine, other feminine uh, products. We have a Lotus spray, a Lotus cream, a Lotus vulva balm. We're doing a Lotus cup. And I kind of want to do like love your lovely products for, you know, pamper yourself because who's doing that? No one. We've put makeup and our moisturizer and cream on our face, on our hands, on our feet. And now it's time to be radical and be a visionary and be like, why don't we love our lovely? Um, it's really amazing to me because I was here. There's a brand here in the U.S. that that does cotton disposable, but I just heard this interview about like how it, how unregulated it is and how we in and non-organic cotton is like really toxic and Correct. you know right. and it's not even cotton that we're putting you know always cotton <laughs> that we're putting in us. I mean it's just we're putting these toxins like in our body. Yes, it's 100%. And cotton is the hi most highly pesticide sprayed crops on the planet. And yeah. it's, you know, and there was a company in England found putting like uh, pesticides on tampons so women would bleed more. I mean, there really is some scary stuff going on. And, and, and besides all of the, you know, scary stuff, because that happens in every market, but just the idea, if you sprayed perfume on a Q-tip and put it against your eye, your eye would be inflamed. If you put bleach on your tongue, you would feel sick. So let's think about it, ladies, if we're putting bleach and toxins and chemicals and perfumes against the most delicate and absorbent skin on our bodies, most definitely it's going to make us feel moody, tired, fatigued, hormonal, and all the stuff that we attribute to our period, which is not true because the moment a girl gets her period, she goes to the store and puts a disposable against her body and she feels sick and she thinks feeling sick is natural and that's the way she should feel every month for the rest of her life. And she does, and she thinks it's because she has her period, but guess what? humans and natural or God or evolution or whatever did not give us our period to feel horrible and sick and tired and menstrual cramps and all those things I attributed to the, all the toxins. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So, so I want to get into relationships and parenting because that has to do with the other two things that you do. But before we get into like what those things are, I already alluded to everybody how multi-passionate you are and how you really have so gracefully pivoted over these years that I've even known you like you know and because you, you tend to be able to work on these projects so deeply and then you know and then create something that's gonna like this line will last throughout it all but then I'm sure you'll have a new idea in six months and you're gonna tell us about your books and your events and all this so in terms of like getting through a day like can we go there like how when you when you wake up in the morning you're starting to share this amazing morning ritual you have like how do you fit, like, how do you fit, how do you, how do you become so multi-passionate? Like, how do you let that creativity flow in a day, being a mom and now being a wife? And how does all that work together? Well, thank you. Because, you know, there, I, I'm not going to, uh, let's just, let's just pull back the rosy curtain. You know, three years ago, four years ago, looking at JB was pretty much a train wreck. I'd come out of two very abusive relationships. Uh, I had divorced my kid's dad, jumped from the frying pan into the double frying pan with another relationship that was doubly worse. And I, I had hit rock bottom. I had, uh, oh, oh, sorry, a little drop there. I had some things that, you know, had just put me on my knees and I was crawling through broken glass to get over it. But the piece about that was I knew I needed to do the work. I knew I needed to do the work and mm -hmm. to fix my relationship and to, come through being a single mom and to all the things that were not working in my life meant I needed to do some work. And so I just got really passionate about being on the journey of figuring out what was best for JB. And a lot of people told me what I should be doing as a single mom, what I should be doing as a victim of domestic violence, what I should be doing 
for this and for that and, and finances and going on, on, on assistance because I was a single mom and all kinds of things. And inside my body, I kept saying, no, 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 that's not for me. That's not just because I can go on government support because I'm a single mom doesn't mean I should just because I did, you know, being in an abusive relationship doesn't mean that I should lay on the floor and, and be a victim. Just because mm. I'm a single mom doesn't mean I shouldn't travel around the world. And so I just didn't buy into all the mindset that people felt was put upon me stereotypically. And so, you know, my, what does my day look like now? Today, I was up at four o'clock. My new regime is 4 a.m. I'm up at four. I lay in bed and, and move around and be groggy and tired till 4.20. I get up at 4.30. I meditate. I do my journaling, I spend an hour writing, I do my run, and then I wake my kids up. So by the time I wake my kids up and the frenzy begins, I have I have done my workout, I have done my journaling, I have done my meditating, and I put an hour into my next book. And that's the golden hours for me because no lie, like my kids get up and all of a sudden it's crazy. I forgot lunch money. I forgot to sew a costume. I've, I've got to drive into <laughs> school with this hockey bag. And the whole world just falls apart in the mornings. And then they go to school and, you know, I'm at my desk and I have a list of things I want to get done. But let me tell you, an email comes in, a 911 comes in, somebody forgot their lunch at school. Next thing you know, my mom's over because she needs help with this. And, and then somebody called and my day falls apart in so many ways. And so that morning ritual is really important to me. But, you know, I also, I also commit to time. I also make lists. I also commit to getting things done. I, I'm the person that puts the thing I don't want to do at the top of the morning. So I get it done and do all the fun stuff. So uh, that's great these, advice. Yeah, I, love I have that. these very stringent things that I like to do. And you know, it's interesting with my new husband. So to add to my story, I, I was celibate for three years. I practiced celibacy. I was completely committed to being not in a relationship because I was raising my kids. And I just recently fell in love and I got married and that's been a beautiful and amazing journey in itself. But even he will say like, you know, like, how do you get so much done? Or where do you get your energy from? Or, or, or you know, what, what do you need to do? And I'm like 920, I need to have the kids in bed and myself in bed so that I can be asleep by 10 or I can get my last few little emails done, be asleep by 1030 so I can be up at four and I'm really regimented about it. Whereas those nights I want to stay up and watch Survivor, I'm not up at four. So I have to sacrifice something, you know? And, yeah. and that's, I think that's the one thing I can say I didn't do before. When I was in my wallow stages, I, I felt like, okay, I'll just watch another TV show or, you know, I'll just have another peanut butter sandwich because, well, I already had one earlier. <laughs> so it's the worst thing I'm going to do if I have another one. And I'm not going to get dressed today. I'm going to walk around in my pajamas and be in my house coat all day because, well, no one's going to notice. And the only person who was hurting was me. Yeah. You guys, she's in a very cute looking jacket right now because you guys aren't seeing her. <laughs> she is not in I her house. I did my though. hair and my makeup and everything. <laughs> she's so cute. This is the thing. And I, and I talk about this a lot to entrepreneurs because I know I coach stay-at-home moms. I coach entrepreneurs who work from their home. And the number one thing I say is get dressed in the morning like you're ready to go to work. Because when you're working in your slippers and you haven't done your hair and you haven't brushed your teeth, you're not at your best, baby. And you want to be at your best because you have the energy to talk on the phone and to sell your product and to feel great about what you're doing and to feel energized when you take the time to make yourself feel energized. And I think that's one of the big 
things that's hurting us as women when we work from home is it's hard to get out of our pajamas and it's hard to get dressed up and we just don't feel good about ourselves when we walk by the mirror and we don't feel good in our clothes because they're frumpy or they're our Sunday sweatpants. And that not feeling good doesn't give us the energy to go and write our blog or to go and pick up the phone and make a cold call. And we got to be like feeling amazing to do those things because they're hard. Yeah, it's interesting because it's so true. And I love the insight that you really have to set those boundaries and figure out what they are. And I do think they're different for everybody. So it's interesting because I wanted to love the four, like I fell in love with the idea of waking up at 430 and I did it for years and I would start with the exercise and it always led me to getting sick, like every single time. And so finally I was like, okay, this isn't working. And some nights it was because I was up and, you know, watching Netflix with my husband, right? Like, so some nights that's what was happening. I wasn't actually getting enough sleep and sleep is like the most important thing. But recently I started this food thing where I've been trying eating for eight hours a day. So I eat basically from 12 to eight instead of eating first thing. And anyone who knows me knows like I was like obsessed with my green smoothie first thing in the morning and now I just shifted it. But what's so interesting that that did is I used to, the one thing I never understood when I would get it done was exercise. Because either I would go out before the kids woke up, but if that didn't work out, I would still get in my workout clothes. I would take them to school and I would kind of like wait to see when the right moment was. Well, of course, like the right moment doesn't come, right? Never. With this, what's so interesting is I have no, I don't even feel the need to move early in the morning, like, which I used to feel like I used to feel I couldn't concentrate unless I moved first. But since I've like moved back the food, I actually feel very clear in the morning until noon. And so I can wake up very early and do my meditation practice and do my writing, which I love to do. And then I can get the kids all out the door and then I can like work for a three and a half hour chunk, eat. And then at some point in the afternoon, I know exactly when I'm going to exercise. So the, the whole point of this story was that I no longer have to be in my workout clothes all day because I can just get dressed first thing in the morning, do all my stuff and then change back into my workout clothes to actually work out because I know it's going to happen. And it's so interesting by just like knowing that something's going to happen and how it's going to fit in, you, it just, you do it and you can, you don't have to wing it. You do. And I think the thing is, I'm going to speak, <laughs> sorry, That's it. is I didn't like the 4am club either. I had a friend in Australia who has the 5am club and uh, she would be like, come on, get, you know, get on and, and come and listen to it. And I just, for whatever reason, I wasn't, I wasn't there. I wasn't ready. And, you know, just to give all of your listeners, um, you know, not, not, not an out, but just to say like, you don't have to do what anyone else is doing. You have to do what works for you. I love that. You have to always, always, always do what works for you. And if, you know, if sleeping until eight, but you're up till two or whatever, or if having a cup of coffee or if whatever, or if, you know, just whatever it is that works for you, you have to, you have to do it and not beat yourself up. Cause some days if I don't get up at 4am, I used to beat myself up and now I'm like, whatever. Like if I'm getting up four days out of the week, five days out of the week, six days out of the week, whatever, it's all awesome. And none of, none of the, I want to sleep in this morning, or I don't feel like it today, or I want to stay up late last night, or I just had Chinese food. So my stomach hurts and I don't want to get up. <laughs> It's all just okay and normal as long as you then get back to your practice. And I think that's the piece that people don't do is they don't get back to their practice. They, they make a mistake. 
they fall off whatever wagon they think they're on or they, they and they get disappointed, they get down on themselves and then they quit. Yeah. And I am forever restarting my program. I am forever a weekend will come. I'll, Thanksgiving was just here in Canada. Do you think I ate? Well, no, we ate everything. Cheesecake. Peter's an amazing cook. We had pumpkin cheesecake, pumpkin parfaits, and pumpkin <laughs> crumble cake. I had a piece of it all. But Monday morning, I was back on my routine. Yeah. And that's interesting. And you used a couple different words there, but the one I love the most is the word practice because that's what it is, right? You're, we're just practicing and you can't mess up practice. You're just practicing throughout your life. Right. And we so, get so down on ourselves and we compare ourselves to others. And we think that, you know, I used to think that, you know, if I had to meditate, it meant I had to meditate every single morning. Well, guess what, people? I have my relationship with me and with God and, and with the higher power. And when I meditate, I meditate on my schedule and him and I are connected just perfectly. So it's not what anyone else says. It's not what's in a book. It's not this. It's my relationship. And the same with my exercise and if you're struggling to do the things you say you want to do, my advice to you is decide who it is you want to be. And, and especially with food and exercise, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be known for? Who do you want to see yourself in the mirror? Who do you, where do, what do you want? Don't look at where you're at right now. Look at where you want to get to and what you want and what that you want that to look like. And then make that be your goal. If you if you are in the mirror every single day judging, you know your midsection and it's not perfect. Well, the problem is is you're going to just keep judging it and not being perfect. So why not decide where you want to get to and just work towards that goal? Yeah, and that moves you out of the you know the comparison that you put yourself in every day, and then and then to get disappointed. Well, and you alluded. I don't know if you remember exactly what you did back when you stopped listening to everybody, but there's stuff that some part of us, I think that just needs to get quiet so that we can, cause I feel like that answer isn't in a book. It's not even in the mirror. It's like inside of us somewhere, like what that is that we're going to be. And yeah, so a lot that. of it is like getting the noise away. A hundred, a hundred percent. Like you really need to be quiet. And for some people, you know, meditation is a trigger word for some people. So go to nature, go. I love to think while I'm running. I love to bike ride. Um, you know, sometimes just laying in the tub with your eyes under the water and your nose sticking out so you can still breathe, but just having that hum and that quiet and that warmth, like find just that thing that helps you get quiet. Exactly what you just said and get your own answers you know, what really started this journey for me was I was in a situation, you know, I, I, my, my son, they had called me in and said that they were going to fail him and hold him back a year. Um, my, the house that I'd been renting for four years, they gave me one month notice because they had an injury in the family and it, they, they took advantage of, I had to move out in 30 days. Um, my, my, my ex hadn't paid child support in years. I was trying to decide what I was going to do with the kids for the summer and my in-laws wouldn't answer my questions. And I was so angry because I felt so in controlled by everyone else, puppeteered by everyone else. And I just sat quietly one day and out of my frustration, you know, the universe said, well, what is it you want? And I said, you know, if I could have anything and if money was no object and if, if all of these rules were no longer in place, I would just take my kids out of school and travel with them for a year and teach them about, life and teach them about people and about community and about other cultures and as soon as i said it the universe said well then you better do it and that started my journey of okay i, I stepped out of that meditation and said how what is that going to look like and for your uh, listeners who don't know me i did 
take my kids out of school like 70 days after that day and I did travel with them for 11 months and we did go to uh, nine different countries and we did charity work and it was my year to just be me live by my own code and love being with me and I talk about this about relationships and it was also the precipice of my new book so I really knew that I wanted to spend that one-on-one -on -one time with my kids. I knew that I put in relationships on the, on the on side so I could just really work on myself and do what I say I wanted to do. And it was hard. It was hard to travel. It was hard to go to a different country every month. It was hard not to know anyone, not to know the language. You know, I sold everything I had. I gave up everything I had so I could just work on the road and, and use the money that I had to, to travel. And, you know, sometimes we had a carton of eggs for a whole week we had a bag of rice to last us you know an entire week we ate, we ate bananas for for dinner sometimes we we slept in a five dollar a night hotel we slept in a, in a place that had no walls i mean we we did not do travel the world in luxury we did it in budget and it was it was incredible it was uplifting it was empowering it, it made me realize that i could do anything even if I didn't even know what I was doing, we'd, we'd show up somewhere, we didn't know the streets, we didn't know the language, we didn't know where we were going, and we just decided we needed to figure it out. And we worked as a team, me and my kids, so they were eight and 11. And in doing that, like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm gonna figure it out, that gave me the muscle and the strength to realize I can do that in business, I can do that in relationships, I can do that with my fitness, I can do that with my eating. I may not know, but I'm going to figure it out because I know I need to get where I want to go. I love that. And you helped me design the flow planner. So, you know, that's how it starts. So I love that. You know, I love that. All right. So that's so awesome. And I think we were traveling the same year. And so I remember watching you and just, yeah, it was an inspirational time and we'll get to what happened at the end of that in a sec, but tell us. So that was the beginning of, so you're writing a parenting book or two, you're writing two parenting books right now. Um, so this is part of multi-passionate multi JB is that she has this, this amazing feminine line and parenting books are coming out. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, what are some of the gems from that? Well, I think as a single parent, and I, I, I can only say this as myself, but I, I felt like I had to be two parents. I had to be both parents. I had to be the super parent. I had to be the uber parent. I had to be, you know, this, this parent that didn't, it, it just felt to me like every mistake I made as a parent was just like, you know, hyper accentuated. And like, there was this big spotlight and this boomy voice of like, there she goes again. She doesn't know what she's doing. And I had so much pressure on me to parent correctly. And I'll admit I, I wasn't parented by two parents who were conscious. So I have tons of bad parenting examples. And I felt that my kids had some baggage and some scars and some wounds from, you know, their father and I splitting up and just me being a single parent and all of that stuff. And I just felt kapooey. And so one of my next books is called Single, single Mom Syndrome, because I think it is a syndrome. I think a lot of people buy into being a single mom means X, Y, Z, and it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And so in my quest to really understand my parenting skill set with my kids, where it was lacking and where it could be improved, I started to really uh, work on different parenting modalities, unparenting, non-parenting, conscious parenting, um, peaceful parenting. Like I went through them all, like radically, I started, you know, devouring each one of them. Like what paradigms do they all represent? And I came up with my own concept after 
my kids, you know, became totally erratically crazy on the unparenting one. My daughter felt completely neglected on not parenting. You know, everything in the house turned into hooli gooly and different, you know, there was other things that didn't work with conscious parenting and peaceful parenting wasn't a good fit for me either because I'm just not that mom. So I created mm -hmm. mindful parenting to work in my own family. And I think again, it's what works for you. It, you, you know, what you and your family loves is never going to be the same as anyone else. So mindful parenting is really about how do we consciously parent with our kids and at the same time, get what we need as parents, because a lot of parenting modalities are like, let the kid run free or let the kid decide or stand back and watch them and let them make their own mistakes or, you know, never say no or never, you know, discipline. Never say yes. <laughs> right? and, and I didn't feel like any of those worked because because they're just too far on either end of the pendulum. And so I'm a very strict parent. I'm a very um, hands-on, dedicated parent. And at the same time, I'm a busy mom, busy businesswoman. So there's lots of times where I'm not available. I'm not conscious. I don't answer the way I should. I don't look up as soon as they come in the room. So how can we create a parenting, a parenting modality that would work in this modern day society with women like me who really love, adore, and consciously understand the role that their children are in their lives and at the same time have their own life and their own modality and their own needs and their own expectations. I, I don't think it's wrong to expect my kids to be a certain way. I don't think it's wrong for me to discipline my kids. The modality in, way, in the way that I do it and how I deliver it is what's important. And so mindful parenting, uh, bore from that at the same time because I'm such a busy get it done let's get to the the crux of it I wrote hacking parenting because I know there's parents out there that just say like look just give me the answer just tell me what to do just just give me the layout and I'll do that and so I felt like there was two very interesting dynamics of parents so hacking parenting and mindful parenting came about at the same time and I've been co-writing I've been writing them simultaneously Oh my God. I love it. I'm so excited. And they come out in December. Yeah. On, and we can find them on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be publishing, of course I'll be publishing them myself. <laughs> yes. I love it. All right. So we'll support you when that happens. Um, Thank we'll put you. the link in the show notes and we'll, you, everyone can go check out on Instagram, which is my new favorite place to be. So I will Thanks. be one of the first purchasers. That's awesome. Um, okay. So, so, so you're writing parenting books, you have this line and tell us a little, tell everybody. So you, you, you swore to celibacy and being a mom, which was awesome. And as you were on that experience, fully being a mom. Um, and I remember, I feel like during that experience, you were also, was that also the time where you really dove into your, your own wellness? Was that at the same time or was that a little bit later? Yeah. So a little bit earlier than that, um, you know, I, again, I had been in, in a very verbal abusive relationship and then got into another relationship that was quite uh, physically abusive with someone who was, you know, a substance abuser and just completely naive to what that looked like. And interestingly enough, through that process, I did write a book called Finding Your Way Out, which I haven't published yet, but it's, it's, that was that healing book that really needed to, um, you know, create the healing. And, and for a lot of women, it, they're in a relationship that isn't beneficial for them, but they're in, they, they stick to it. And I, I made up this term called the Lily Ladies Club because, you know, traditionally people think, you know, very stereotypically, again, you know, battered women are, you know, low income or disadvantaged or, you know, there, there's some, there's some negative connotation to why a woman would be in an abusive relationship. And what I learn 
is there are lily ladies out there in very rich environments with all the amenities of the world in the extremely powerful marriages and they're just as abused as all the other stereotypes and it's 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 a hard relationship it's a hard habit to get out of or it's it's a loop that we get into and and through my journey of discovering like what made me um, what did what did what did I do or how did I attract that or what was my hundred percent of the fifty percent? I really went on a journey of healing of healing me and that didn't mean getting into another relationship and that didn't mean um, you know being on Tinder and 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 putting myself out there like I really really committed to the idea that if I wasn't going to be with someone for a while that was totally okay because I actually I remember feeling empty because I wasn't in a relationship. I remember feeling there was something wrong with me because I wasn't dating. I remember feeling like I'll never be with someone because there's something wrong with me. And I remember having all those feelings. And, and I've talked to so many women since who have all the exact feelings. There's something wrong with me because I'm not in a relationship. You know, I'll never be in a relationship because I'm broken. All of these negative things we put on ourselves. And I decided that I really wanted to fall in love with me. I really, really wanted to fall in love with me. And I will, uh, I will share with you, I did a 21 part series called Finding Love. And it was all about finding love within you because we all, so many times as women, we think the love is out there and it's not. And when you love yourself and you love who you are, that's the best time to meet someone. I read this great book that said, you know, whoever you're with is a mirror of you. So if you're overweight and you're financially struggling and if you fight with your family you're most likely going to meet someone in exactly the same situation you're going to attract that same thing and so I knew that whatever relationship I was going to get into I needed to be at my best so that meant get my health in order I did wild fit I was um, you know just insatiable about all the other products that are out there on the market about eating well and changing my eating um, I knew I needed to get my finances in order. I needed, I needed to heal some relationships. I was, you know, not in a good relationship with my dad. I needed to, you know, really get clear about who I was and feel good about me and love me so that whoever I met, they weren't going to derail me from my life and my, my passions. Because when you're not clear about who you are, so many people can show up and be like, Hey, here, come on over, be with me or come and do this or Hey, change everything and take this course or move here. Cause you're not focused. And so you got to get focused on who you are, love yourself for what you do and what you become. And if there's things about you that you don't like, then let's get excited to change them. I didn't like my weight. So I decided I needed to change it. I didn't like my situation I was in where my, my in-laws were running my life and my ex was I was begging every single month for my ex to pay his child support and he wasn't. And so I was on this like scratching my way to try to get what I needed. I just said, forget that. I'm going to pull from my own well. And that's a big saying that I talk about pull from your own. Well, we all want, you know, Oh, someone would give me money and my business would take off. Oh, someone would help me. You know, then I could figure this out. Oh, I just want someone to take over my social media and do it for me. I want to share with you people pull from your own well because that is the greatest source you will ever 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 have and no one is going to be as passionate about your project as you and no one is going to put as much effort into your body and your health and your relationships and your family and your kids as you so stop asking someone else to do it for you and do it yourself and when you do it then you feel that exceptional that i talk about live exceptional means being you i love that um, I <laughs> I'm love so that. Excited. Well, and I want to make sure everyone listening who's in a relationship is listening too, because I had to go on a similar journey, how, you know, married 
because you, it's so easy to lose that just in motherhood and in long-term relationship. And I feel like, um, you know, that loss of ourself, you see at a certain point that a lot of marriages do end and, you know, and that marriages get unhappy and women get unhappy. And, you know, it's, it's funny because it happens like it's at, you can see it, like as your kids go through the grades, it's the same grades, you know, and it's like it's that so time. It's so and we all can do this at any point, you know, and it, and it behooves us to do it. It, it makes everything so much better. Um, and so true. we really get lost, you know, we, we have kids and it's the most beautiful experience ever, but we really do lose ourselves if we're not a hundred percent fully conscious and we, we, and our marriages do suffer. I mean, I do look at my marriage with uh, my kid's father who we are very good friends and, and I, I, you know, just think wonderful things about him, but I didn't have the tools at the time to cope with the challenges that were coming up in our marriage. I didn't have the, the wherewithal to support him while supporting myself while raising yeah. my kids. I just, I didn't do the work. And I always say, you know, you got to do the work and, I, and I'm, I'm starting to change the word work, you know, to fun a little bit because work shouldn't be work. It should be fun. And people ask me, like you said in the beginning, how do you do all the things you do? And I'll tell you the absolute key is they're all fun to me. They're not work. They're fun. They're enjoyable. They're exciting. They're energized. And so it's so easy. And when people say like, oh, I got to work on my marriage. I got to work on my job. It's for me, it's like a, it's like a big alarm bell that it's, you know, like, Ooh, it's not going to work because if you have to work at it, you're not going to enjoy it. And so how can you find fun in your marriage and how can you find passion in your work and how can you find enjoyment with your kids, you know, turn all of those emotions around into things that uplift you. I call them posinims. So a posinim is like, how can we have an ism and make it positive? So, mm. you know, I used to say all the time, I'm so sick and tired of this. I am so sick and tired. I am so sick and tired. And guess what happened? I got sick and tired. I yeah. started getting an autoimmune disease that was affecting my my ferritin level and it made me completely sick and totally exhausted and so tired because I kept saying it. I kept saying it. I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired. And that's exactly what I got. Yeah. So pausing them, any event that comes into our lives with our kids, with our relationships, how do we find a pausing them? You know, if the kids will say like, Oh, you know, I'm probably going to do bad on my test. I'll say, how do you, how can you put that into a pausing them? How do you <laughs> oh, I love that. I always say, how can you turn something around? I say that all the time. And I, right? but, it, I, but yeah, because even like mundane things like washing the dishes and packing your kids lunches, like there is definitely, you know, washing the dishes could be, um, you know, I finally have five minutes to myself with warm, you know, warm water running over my hands or, and packing lunches is I am literally empowering my kids to be healthy. Like there's so many ways that it's not drudgery. It's so um, true. I'm the same. I got to put gas in my car. Well, that's great. Then I get to drive around and go all the places that I want. I have to yeah. go buy groceries. That's wonderful. Then I have great food for dinner. Like, yeah. how can you pause and name anything that happens so that why not feel great? You have a choice. You have a choice yeah. to feel miserable or you have a choice to feel great. And I utterly always choose to feel great. Okay. And I want to point out something that I think um, the, that I know that you do. And I, I feel like it's one of the big things, differences in work and, and, and fun, maybe if those are the two words is that one is in the head and one is in the heart. And I think that that's really important. Like, so when things are actually coming from your heart, they don't feel it's, it doesn't, it, it's the right thing. And right. when, when we're thinking, thinking, and those things are coming from our, 
our, our mom and our mother-in-law and our books that we're reading and this, what the school is saying we should do. And, you know, even, you know, I talk in school, so but even, you know, don't listen to me. Don't listen to anything I say. Don't listen to anything JB says. Cause it's like the, you know, we really have to find it in ourselves. And I feel like whenever our head is thinking, that's when it gets busy, it gets negative, it gets too much, it feels disjointed. Um, but it could be the same amount of things, right? It could be the same amount of things that you have to do in a day, but they're just coming from a different place. So I have a great hack for that. In the mornings, the moment I wake up, the moment I'm in that conscious, lucid, semi-conscious state, I ask myself, what's going to make me happy today? And I always get an answer. And I, I ask myself that before I've woken myself up. So even now I, I've trained myself to get up before my alarm. So I, I'm, I'm, my body clock is just sort of wakes me up. So I'll start to wake up and I know that I'm waking up, but I'll stop and I'll say, what's going to make me happy today? And I wait for my subconscious conscious mind to give me an answer. And sometimes it's, it's very, it's very simple things. Like it's going to make you happy to clean the garage. It's going to make you happy to, you know, get your whatever, get that blog out or whatever. Cleaning the garage does not sound simple, but I'm <laughs> right. yeah. like, you know, what's going to make me happy today. And I wait for that answer. It's not a huge esoterical, massive thing. Mm -hmm. Like world peace is going to make me mm -hmm. happy or, you know, it's going to make me happy if I have a new mansion. Like, no, 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 no. What's going to make me happy today? What's going to make me happy today? And sometimes I really want to have salmon for dinner. I really want to like, you know, finish knitting that sweater that I started, like those kinds of things, the things that you can actually do. And I get up and I, before I get out of my bed, when my lights are still dark, I use a little light on my phone. I write it down. So I remember, and then I go off and do my routine, but I always cycle back and make sure that whatever I wrote down, I actually do that because two things, one, you tell your brain that you are important. You remind yourself, you value yourself, you honor your needs. And if your need is to go and get some salmon or go to yoga or do like yoga, nine o'clock yoga, I like to go to at night. The, uh, the day gets busy, the kids get blah, blah, blah. I get, it's nine o'clock. I like to go to nine o'clock yoga because I go to yoga, then I come home, I go to bed. So if I, if what's going to make me happy is yoga tonight, then I'll do everything that day to orchestrate everything so that I get to do what's going to make me happy. And I tell people all the time, pick one thing that you can do today that's going to make you happy. And it teaches you two things. One, that you're valuable. Two, it gives you the endorphins you need to understand what happiness feels like because you deserve it. And three, well, out of the three things is it just creates that muscle. So tomorrow you're going to do it again. And the next day you're going to do it again. And if you every day wake up and do what makes you happy, you realize and you understand that being happy matters because we've been conditioned to believe I have to do what I have to do. I have to do this even though I hate it. And now people will talk to me and they'll say, oh no, oh my God, I have to go do this and I totally can't send it. And I will look at them and say, well, why are you doing it then? Well, I yeah. have to. It's an obligation. It's ridiculous, but I have to do it. And I'll just, again, challenge them. Why? Why do you have to do it? Why do you have to do something you don't want to do? Why do you have to do something you dislike? And they'll say, well, I have to pay my bills. And then I'll say, well, wouldn't it be so much more enjoyable if you did what you loved and paid your bills? If you did what you loved and saw your family? If you did what you made you happy and that was part of your eight hours of your workday? So it's just a mind shift. And now I don't mean like don't do anything else but what makes you happy. 
but make sure you do what makes you happy. And if you're getting that message from the universe that says, you know, it's going to make me happy to go to Bali. Okay, great. Get up and sit and figure out what one thing can I do today to work towards that goal. Can I go online and look for tickets? Can I make a plan? Can I set a date? Can I start putting a quarter in a jar towards that dream? Just follow but do something towards what's going to make you happy. Don't give up on it because it's so big and it's so out there that you're not committed to it. Do something to do to get you there. And it will change your whole world. It, and eventually your jar will be so full of money because you put a quarter in every day that you've got free all the money you need to go to Bali. I love that. I could talk to you for hours. I mean, I still have 10 more questions, but that was like the best ending. I feel like that was the best. That says it all. Like that is what we should all do. And it's so true. I just have to say the garage thing. Um, I don't have a garage, but I have a base. I do have a garage, but it's not my stuff in there. It's so in the, in the basement. I, I woke up one day and had this whole list of things I had to do, you know, and I, I was recording podcasts and I was um, getting an email out and it was all stuff I needed to do to pay the bills and to get the kids where they needed to go. And I had that thought, like you have to clean the basement. <laughs> and, but that was going to take, like I didn't, there wasn't that much time in a day, but the thing is, is that I realized is I went down and I did put like four hours into it and I found something that I had been looking for for a very long time without like knowing that that's what I was looking for. I, I, I felt so much lighter. And when I came up, the email I had to write, like it wrote itself. And I imagined myself sitting at my desk for those whole four hours, not being able to think of the words. So sometimes I think it's just like, something in us knows and i i there is something probably magical to that hour but something in us knows if we're quiet enough like what it is that we're supposed to do and when we listen to that like all this magic happens and we just can't predict it's because we can't predict that how like we can't predict how we're going to get to bali like we might look up bali just to see what it's like we might start putting quarters in a jar and only get to ten dollars and then a month later somebody invites us like you know what like i feel like you never know how it's going to change it's just you're making those next steps and that the quarters might not be the way you get to bali it might be something totally different it's so true and think about the, the change in language like when you wake up you say like what do i have to do today versus what's going to make me happy today yeah and i still have to do things i still have to pay my bills and i still have to pick up my kids and i still have to put clothes on but if i know that like that makes me happy and i get to do what i've decided makes me happy like it's a really fun game to play and i do it with my kids like especially on the weekends they'll wake up and they're still in bed and I'll be like, what's going to make you happy today? And they'll come up with the coolest things. And then I'll be like, okay. And then as a family, we know we're committed to doing that. We have something in the morning called scrum where we talk about what's going to make us happy and what we're going to accomplish today. And if everybody knows what's going to make someone else happy, then we support each other in getting there. And, and, and so many times the kids will choose things, you know, they'll go, they'll go through like, Oh, going to Dairy Queen or doing this. They'll get through all that. And they'll be like, you know, what's going to make me happy is to, have some quiet time or to read that book that I haven't got to, or, you know, like to go outside and shoot hoops. Like they get to the things that really make them happy. And that, that energy, that endorphins, all of the, the chemicals in the brain and all of that is really, really important to teach yourself that that is ultimately what matters, not what you have to do, but what you enjoy doing, what you love doing, what, what's within you, what makes you happy. And more of that just creates more of that, just creates more of that. And so again, to answer your very initial question, I would say 
that is how I do everything that I do because all the things that I do absolutely make me happy. They absolutely thrill me. They, they, they just fire me up so much that I can't not do them. Even Not even two days ago, my loving, loving husband said to me, honey, are you sure you want to add another project? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him like, are you sure you want to ask me that, that question? <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I love it. I was like, yes. I can't not do it because it makes me so excited thinking about it. So tell everyone how they can get a hold of you. How can they find out more about the JB world? And we'll put links to all those various. Um, I don't even think we got, we didn't even get to relationship in all this because JB had this amazing marriage just recently. And it was like the most picturesque fairy tale thing I've ever seen. And um, you're now teaching about that too. So that's a retreat. So we'll, we'll put all those links into the show notes, but tell, tell viewers the, or listeners the best way that they can find out more about you and connect with you. Well, yeah. So all of the fun stuff that I'm doing is on lxyourlife.com. So okay. live exceptional. So lxyourlife.com. You can also go to JB Owen on Facebook. I'm the only JB Owen. I have a JB Owen personal page and a JB Owen official page. So that's got lots of it, information about what I'm up to. Lotusliners.com is where you can get your very own special washable feminine product. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. And, um, and my Instagram is JB Owen, is Live Exceptional, is Build Your Billion Dollar Brand. So I will give you all of those. You can find me easily, but JB Owen, there's not a lot of us out there. So you just Google me and you'll find and you're doing quite a cool thing right now, right? Is that the build your billion dollar brand where you're sort of showing what you're doing each morning so that we can learn from you, right? Is yeah, that what that's? Yeah. So I, I really want to build a billion dollar brand and, and, and not billion necessarily billion dollars, but a brand that helps a billion women. And I mm. really am committed to helping a billion women change the way they feel about their period, change the way they feel about their womanhood. I mean, our period is, you know, just one, one of those things that's just so, you know, so the core of us, but really celebrating our womanhood, celebrating being a woman. So build your billion dollar brand is how do you build your brand, your name, your message that helps a billion people, that gives out a billion inspirations, that inspires a billion you know, opportunities for change. I and so that's my newest, newest, newest project. Yay. That's so exciting. Well, thank you so much. I feel like I could talk to you for like 10 hours because you're just filled with amazing advice. So maybe after the parenting books come out, we'll have to have you back on to talk specifically about all that. Yeah, we can get X rated. So we have LX rated. So we talk about so how to grow your intimacy and how to grow your connection with your partner and how to be, take your, take your intimacy to that next level, because it isn't, it isn't about necessarily, we call it through the head, through the heart, and then the private part. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so awesome. there's so many things we can talk about anytime. It's been a joy to speak with you. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I will, my last comment is live your life exceptional because you deserve it. Thank you, JB. All right. Hugs and kisses. All right. I hope you guys love that episode. JB is one of the most enthusiastic people I know. She's just so amazing. And I hope you sensed that in her voice. I think you did. I've been telling everyone about this interview because I think it's so important. So many of the lessons are so important for us to embrace right now in this time. And it's funny because I was telling the women in the Flow 365 program, my year-long program of people going through the flow planner, all about it. And it literally brought some people to tears, which is just so amazing how much we need what she has to say. So I don't want us just to stay in inspiration mode. I want us to get into action mode. So as usual, I have three doable changes 
that we can take from what JB has told us and put into action this week. And as you know, I always share three, but what I encourage everyone to do is pick one and really decide that you're going to lean into it, figure out how to plan things around it in your day and have fun with it. So you can see if you can actually make it a ritual or a habit that is part of your life. All right, so here is number one from JB's episode, Eat the Frog. We've heard this before and I love it. So what's the thing you don't want to do today? It might be the thing that you've moved from list to list to list because you don't want to do it. And try putting that thing at the top of your list. Don't do anything else until you're done. The goal here isn't to put a huge project at the top of your list, but to put a task that you're dreading so that you stop avoiding it and wasting mental space on it. So I just want to clarify this a little bit, that that is not taking something that you're dreading to do because you don't need to do it at the top of your to-do list. These should be things that resonate with something that's part of your long-term goal, part of the things that you're really want to achieve in life. It's little things that move you toward that. So I have this vision, for example, for what the Plan Simple Meals website will turn into. And version one of that is about to come into fruition. And one of the tasks that I have to do is go through and retag all the past podcast episodes. Now, this was not, this was something I was literally avoiding. It was going from list to list to list to list or from post-it to post-it to post-it. And so I finally did it. And that's an example of one of those little things. It really took me like 25 minutes when I sat down and did it, but I have been avoiding it for weeks, which is kind of sad and scary. And I probably could have had that website out by now had I just done that small task. So stay tuned because that is coming soon. Number two, JB shared this. One, you learn that you're valuable. And two, you get the endorphins you need to understand what happiness feels like because you deserve it. And third, when you do it again and again, it builds your happiness muscle. So don't feel selfish about this, ladies. It's a really, really important one. In fact, it's so important that I am going to dedicate the Friday episode, the Friday Doable Change episode, all about this topic because I want you guys to have a checklist that you can use so that you can really make this a change. So if you're excited about this change, listen to that episode on Friday and you will have a checklist and a worksheet that can get you through next week, okay? All right, number three, get back to your practice. So many of us stop doing something that we love or that really serves us. We do this when we're serving all the little people in our life. Maybe it's our morning routine or exercise or eating the food that our body loves. And we we miss a day because we're tired or sick or it's a holiday. And then we just stop doing it. It's actually, this is one of the reasons why I love the planning practice and being able to tap back into it. So I want you to think, what is one thing that you've been doing and you've stopped doing? Not because it didn't serve you, but because you got off track. And I want you to commit to doing that for this next week or for whichever week you choose to make this your doable change. If it's a morning routine, just commit to it. Commit to showing back up maybe even tomorrow. We make such a big deal about the things that we get out of practice about. We think it's a big deal to get back in. But the cool thing about this whole practice of doable changes is that usually those practices are within us. And it just takes like a little, little tweak to get us back into the habit. 
And our mind makes it so much bigger than it really is. So that's a great one. Get back into your practice. So again, the three doable changes from this week's episode were eat the frog, pick one thing that will make you happy, and get back to your practice. These are all golden, so maybe spread them out over the next few weeks, and I will see you guys on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.